black black is power excellent brilliant beautiful the tempo divine the pinnacle the standard black is the highest of the high black is love welcome to the dripping in black podcast where we celebrate black excellence throughout the black diaspora here's your host david v lewis what's up good people all across the world this is the dripping in black podcast i am your host david v lewis and per usual we have a another fantastic guest today's guest is dr rima vassar and i forgot to double check during pre-show to make sure i got the pronunciation right so i'm just gonna do it live <laughs> Dr. Rima, say hello to the world. Hey, oh, I'm so <laughs> happy to be on Dripping in Black. You have no idea. I'm so happy yeah. you, you all finally yeah. got to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we admire you. We admire your work. And we're going to chronicle uh, some of the great things that you're doing in the world. But we must first begin with our question that we ask each and every one of our guests to get us jump started. It's a simple Beloved question of who are they? So who is Dr. Rima Vassar? So interesting that question. Um, so my my mom and dad gave me the name Rima um, at birth. It's a um, a North African Arabic name. My at the time my dad was he was uh, trying to be Muslim, but you know Islam is pretty strict. You can't drink, you can't smoke. He's like, maybe I can go back to being Baptist, right? It's a little, a little easier over there. So, um, but at the at the time of my birth, he gave um, my brother and I uh, Arabic names, and so my name means great beauty from within. So mm. I really try to live up to that, right? I try wow. to to think about ways that I can be beautiful in the world and I can you know I can exact or enact beauty in the world and so I think what I am is um, aspirational Mm. but I also am um, becoming and unbecoming as I you know try to get as beautiful as possible inside but I'm also um, I think about my life as a struggle like the, the the struggle is beautiful even the small Mm -hmm. fights I've had from kindergarten till now right um that all of that has been beautiful and because it's it's allowing me to become who I am and give my gifts to the world so I would say I'm um I'm in progress and also I would say I'm an educator so doesn't matter where I'm at I'm still teaching and learning and those two are are codependent right you can't be a teacher unless you're learning um and so I'm always an educator in every space that I go I'm at Target in the line I'm going to ask the lady what she's reading right I'm going to ask I'm going to ask the guy who helps me with the chips um can he recommend a good book I just want to just I want to always lift um up learning uh wherever I am so I I'm an educator across contexts um and I would say um, a fierce love of love. I love love in all of its forms. I love wow. um, 
transformative love that you know the sankofa love that lifts as it climbs i love a romantic juicy love i love mm-hmm. the love that um you share with friends and mm-hmm. i love the love that um can change lives so i would say mm-hmm. that i'm a lover and aspiring to beauty and an educator yeah that's uh, by far in three seasons the best. <laughs> I think my producer would agree with me. That's the best, most uh, comprehensive response to that question. Uh, I was feeling every moment of it, uh, from the naming of Rima to your explanation and your uh, aspiration to live up to that name. Uh, totally uh, awesome. So let's talk about what it is i mean you've done so many things and you're doing things now so let's talk about what it is that you do now well first i need to say happy birthday to you i mean you're working on your birthday oh. which is a lot <laughs> right um but also thank you for the uh the the affirmation that i'm the best because you know as a leo <laughs> oh that's what we want to be so you, yeah. you made the whole interview i can relax at this point um so Go back to the question at the end. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you, you wear a lot of hats and you've done a lot of things. Let's talk about what you're doing right now in this moment in 2022. So right now, I'm engaged in a Centering um, Black Children in Education Conference. This is a little logo for that. Um, mm-hmm. So all day uh, from 12 to 9 o'clock, there'll be folks who are engaging um, education and Black families in Black schools that are um, in Black communities, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So this conference is an annual conference. Last year was all Black women uh, speakers because, of course, Black women have to lead the way, right? If you're going to talk about mm-hmm. Black children, you got to come to us first. That, yeah. I mean, that's what you have to do. So <laughs> it was the the heaviest hitters in, um, in education uh, came to talk about what we need right, uh, mm-hmm. as Black folks in our schools. And then this year, I let the fellas do it. I mean, they doing all right. You know, they doing, <laughs> they, 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 you know, they going to do what they going to do. So, but I, I also have some phenomenal speakers and my own um, advisor and mentor, uh, Dr. Tyrone Howard from UCLA. He was my dissertation advisor, but also, I mean, uh, chair, but also my advisor and my mentor. Um, and my friend and, and play cousin and big brother, all those things. He started us off yesterday and it has been phenomenal, like nonstop hitting them up, hit them up, hit them up. And this year's conference is um, the Black Prince, right? We're trying to recognize and realize our dopeness. And what I, I've said in this in this conference this year is we're the we're the boat that lifts all tides, right? If you yeah. get anything right for Black people, everyone else wins. Uh, right. If you think about the civil rights movement, if anyone's going to do any kind of, you know, let me go find how to, to get our rights and get our freedoms, they're going to have to come here to the United yep. States to figure yep. out what we did in yep. order to liberate ourselves and then to liberate yep. all these other people. And if you think about the civil rights um, acts that that followed from our, our struggle, our beautiful struggle, it was it was white folks who have benefited the most from everything that we fought for. So if, no in, educa- if in education, if you, you can get it right for us, y'all gonna win. Everybody gonna win. Yeah. Whatever is good yeah. for us is awesome for everybody else. So um, we're centering the black print as 
you know, this is the model. If you can, if we can imagine what it is that will bring Black children to the level of greatness that they are by redefining what successful is, um, reimagining what the metric for success is, um, rethinking what we do and don't do in our schools and actually demanding different things for our teachers. And we all come up. So this year is about uh, realizing our dopeness, setting the black print and creating an agenda for the United States, which is basically it's going to be what we say it's going to be. Ooh, uh, so many things, so many places my mind went. Um, uh, I'll start with this. So it's it's a great uh, task ahead of you. Where does the work lie the most? Is it within the Black community or is it without the Black community, outside the Black community? Where, where yeah, does the work lie the most? That's a really good question. So, I mean, this is dripping in Black, so I'm just going to go and, and Black it on up, right? Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think um, Black is is the pinnacle, right? I think Blackness, mm-hmm. every other color gets absorbed into Blackness. We, we're right. the strongest folks walking the earth. And so, again, I think it needs to start with us. Now, yeah. your question is interesting in that we're subjected to um, all kinds of other systems that are not us, right? And yeah. so while we're doing this internal work, we're still having to navigate these spaces that are anti-Black and racist. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think it has to be a both and. And mm. places like Detroit, where I live, um, I think that it, it, it it's a, a trickier place. So I, I moved here from California in 2014. Mm. Um, and I expected the teachers and the principals and the administrators mm-hmm. to love black children. I just expected mm. that. Like, if you know, like I know how dope we are, yeah. you love these people. You love your communities. You love yeah. your families. You love your children and your in your buildings. You respect um, the folks you're serving. Yeah, no, not not so much because mm. internalized racism is a hell of a drug, and we're all. Yeah steeped in in whiteness and white supremacy in ways that we don't we're not even aware of and so coming to this space you'd have to explain why you know there's there's the 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 studies show that if you have a black woman teacher you're 12 times more likely to go to college it doesn't it doesn't matter what your your race is you're 12 so then how do you explain the outcomes that we're having in Detroit, right? Because anti-Black racism is there institutionally, systemically, within the curriculum, within the teaching um, pedagogical choices, and within our discipline uh, practices, right? And so in Detroit, where I do a lot of my work, I do a lot of leadership development. I take aspiring leaders and current principals, and we discuss what equity and inclusion and justice looks like for Black uh, uh, school communities. And so I'm doing that work in Detroit with Black folks around mm-hmm. anti-Black racism, right? And yeah. so, and it's not like we're not infected. We're infected with it as well. 
But I also do this work in Michigan Heights where my dad is from. Um, mm-hmm. I also am traveling back to my hometown uh, tomorrow to Sturgis, Michigan. Uh, it's on the west side, the south, south, southwest side. Mm-hmm. I was in Paris. I was in Paris once and I met somebody from Michigan there. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. So, you know, you do the whole thumb thing and just yeah. run from. And he said, oh, you're <laughs> from a, a rural community. I said, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm I mean, you lab- you over you overseas labeling me. I was like, wait a minute, rural but I used to detach the corn in the summer, so I worked in the cornfield, so it's probably yeah. rural. Indeed. That's probably rural. It is. Yeah, probably, it's probably rural. <laughs> and my brother and I were the two black kids in my elementary school. So mm-hmm. that's a different experience than Detroit, but the same anti-blackness shows up in both spot and both spaces. Yeah. So I'm trying to do both and doing the work within the system with us. And then I'm doing the, the work within the system with uh, folks who are not um, us, but who are charged with our success. So I, I don't know that you could do either or. Yeah. Because yeah, the white it's that, it's that, is so it's that double consciousness that we have to live with as black okay, people in this country okay yeah. the boy you know and he knew what he was talking about didn't man he <laughs> you don't you cannot say one bad thing about well one one thing but we're not going to talk about it here because you're driven in black but it, it, I, i'll tell you that offline but <laughs> you he was the godfather of all sociology um and really technology if you're thinking about like gis mapping and things like that he did all that by hand genius and that he was able to talk about how we're always looking at ourselves from the gaze of white folks which means we're always going to be deficient right we're always going to be lacking we're always going to be less than if we're looking at the gaze of whiteness through the gaze of whiteness at ourselves that he was able to articulate that so long ago 1903 1904 and 1908 he's, he's writing about this um yeah and that we haven't figured it out even today that they're they're not the standard. Yeah. We, we are the standard. I mean, yeah. you just think about our history and all we've overcome and, and where we are today. Yeah. There's no competition. Like, and I think to your point about in or out, education is the last bastion of white supremacy and white dominance if we could just yeah. crack open that safe it's a wrap because anywhere we go it's the takeover name a yeah. sport Na- name name culture without detroit yeah. i mean all of culture rock and yeah. roll yeah. poetry yeah. literature mm-hmm. uh, what we wear what we watch without detroit it doesn't happen it doesn't happen we're we are we are the model we're the exemplar and so that he was able to see how damaging that was so long ago man my whole dissertation was on on uh critical race theory and i used w.e.b du bois's uh double consciousness for a full chapter because it's it's deep deep (laughs) uh they mad at you then you did uh (laughs) your dissertation on critical race theory and now that's a bad word around uh, these parts in the United yeah. States, the uh, disunited states of America. So yeah. well, let's talk a little bit real quick for background. What, where did you get your doctoral degree from? And kind of to tell us your matriculation from high school into college and, and that kind of thing, just for background sake. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, I went to Sturgis, 
uh, high for into my the second semester of my 11th grade year that we moved to Kalamazoo to uh, Western Michigan University. I went to Western. I graduated from Hackett Catholic Central. My mother drilled in me that you had to go to college. I didn't even, I thought if you don't go to college, you're dropping out of school. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. until my senior year that people were saying they're taking a gap year. And, you know, cause mm-hmm. I went to a, a rich Catholic school. So they're going to Europe backpacking for a year. I'm like, you're dropping out of school. Like I really thought that's what was happening. I, it, mm-hmm. I didn't even know you couldn't go to college. So that was, that wasn't ever an option for me. Um, of whether or not I was going to college. Now, what I didn't know until I was much, 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 much older was that these colleges were like ranked. Like, you know, there's uh, mm. the research ones, the research twos, yeah. uh, the research threes, the regionals, yeah. not so much, and the Ivy League. I had no clue about yeah. any of this. And yeah. so I stayed in Kalamazoo. I went to Western. That was the number one uh, teacher college in the United States at that time. Um, And so that's what I wanted to be was a teacher. So I went there and then I moved to California in, um, ooh, that's a long time ago. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. A a long time ago, 1996. And I, um, I took my second teaching job there. And then I went to UCLA for my uh, PhD. So I majored in uh, urban schooling to think about um, us, right? And my dissertation was around Black middle-class parents and what Mm -hmm. happens and doesn't happen in schools for them, right? And we think as Black people, we can transcend race by, you know, making it and being successful and, you know, having a class jump. Mm -mm, mm Mm-hmm. you still black all day every mm-hmm. day so you oh, can yeah. move on over to Birmingham you can move on over to Bloomfield Hills you can move nobody but what yeah. you see when you move and that was still um, a source of my 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 data um and research collection is um you move there and your children are still the the yeah. only leading that they do is in explosions and suspensions and in yeah. special education Everything else, they have not reached parity with their unless, unless they're good at sports, and then even, they can leave that. <laughs> even then, right? They're not going to be in gifted classes, right? Uh, nope. No, nope. even in sports. I mean, and you probably won't get in trouble. That's you. You probably yeah. won't, you know, lead in expulsions and suspensions if you're a star athlete. But if you just a regular old middle class black child trying to go over there and get a better education, you should probably just yeah. stay where uh there's some kind of uh cultural continuity which is in Detroit yeah. but we 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 chase whiteness we do yeah yeah it's so, it's so much to talk about i mean um and as an educator you know i'm i'm faced with black kids you know predominantly and yeah. the lack of understanding the value of being educated right mm-hmm. it's it's a challenge we have in our community and, you know, so where does, where do we begin? And I'm kind of just going off here. I'm, I don't know if I'm asking the question, but where do we, this is something I've been talking about for a while now. Where do we begin to address that issue? Because part of my question about where does the work begin within our community or outside of our community? And it, like you said, it's a both end, but our community, you know, you hear, I, you know, I don't like the conspiracy theorists of, 
these structures are in place and you know it's like you you can't it's like you can't win if you take on the belief of the uh, conspiracy theorists and i don't believe in that i believe that we are able to overcome Mm -hmm. these systems but we first have to get our house in order right we have to take things that need to be taken serious serious we have to value things that are there for us to value and value them as such and so Mm -hmm. that's the biggest challenge to me is educating our kids and them understanding the value of being educated Mm. so that's the end of my uh (laughs) yes i think this is a tough question right because it you know i think uh Mr. Smith was in some of the, the sessions today. And yesterday we, we talked about this as well. This idea that there's children who I'll go back to Detroit. There there are children who who go to school every day, don't see themselves in the curriculum, yeah. see themselves getting sent out of class um, yeah. while their their peers are not necessarily being um, sent out, um, being disrespected. Um, with metal detectors and illegal searches, right? Um, and knowing that that doesn't happen in other people's communities. Mind you, we're not the ones going around shooting up spaces, uh, just so you know. We're not that. We're, mm-hmm. We don't do that. If we bring a gun to a space, it's for a particular purpose. No doubt. For one person, right? Like, we're yep. not just coming to spray up everybody. So while we're yeah. being subjected to this uh, policing is is um, still steeped in race and racism. So if yeah. you don't feel valued in a space, how do you then value what's being served at that space, yeah. right? How in Detroit are these mm, Black children not learning Detroit's history? Detroit's history is world history. Yeah. If you, if, just think about the labor movement here, right? Yeah. If you think about the unions here, if you think about yeah. the automotive industry, how are you yeah. not teaching Black children about Detroit, that's crazy. Yeah. But instead, we're teaching, you know, um, what I learned, which is some outdated, you know, not relatable content, yeah. and which yeah. also then is very demeaning, right? If I, yeah. I remember very clearly sitting in my history class, and there was a paragraph of Black people. And what do you think they were doing in that paragraph? They um, had probably a, slaves or oh, Harlem yes. Renaissance. Or no, I didn't get movement. to the Harlem. I didn't even get neither one of those. You hear me? I got <laughs> okay. I got a hoe and some scraggly clothes in the field, right? Like literally, it, it, uh, my history was was encapsulated in that one photo where we were enslaved, and I'm like, yeah. So if I didn't have a mom who was, you know, a, a Black Panther at one point in uh, who was completely militant and thought, which is so odd that she sent me to this white school, but that's another conversation for another day. But either way, she she supplanted all the, the negative messages I was getting about myself in those schools. And then mm-hmm. the messages aren't necessarily as prominent as, you know, you were only slaves. It's all the books have white girls in them, right? Yeah. All the books are about white males, right? Yeah. Um, all the heroes are white folks on the, on the, walls are all white people right you yeah. you don't even see yourself affirmed so why would i go to this space and think okay there's value here when they're not no. valuing me and so i i'm always going to have a critique yeah. of the environment and the adults in that environment because children only respond to what the adults give them yeah. so if children aren't 
aren't valuing education the way we want to, then we got to look at ourselves and see what well, what are we doing or not doing. Yeah. Them. So let me let me push back, and okay. I agree with everything you said. Okay. I like you walk into back. my classroom. You walk into my classroom. I get African Americans all over the room. Mm. I'm a history teacher. No you good. walk into my classroom. I'm teaching what we're supposed to be teaching. By the way, there is nobody coming to check and see what we're teaching. Oh, trust me, I know this. <laughs> I know this. So, People are, oh, I have. To. No, you really don't. You really don't. You don't. No. You don't. I mean, and you, you want to educate them so that they are on par. You, you know, we talked about offline equity. You want to be equitable in teaching them that European history, but you also want to make sure that they know that we were in existence the entire time. <laughs> you know, yeah. we were doing things throughout, you know, it didn't just, we didn't just pop up during slavery, disappear, right. come back in reconstruction, disappear, right. Right. pop back up in the, you know, uh, Holland Renaissance, disappear. No, we're here all along. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm standing in front of a predominantly black group of kids in my room you know, I'm representing myself well, I think, and yet I still have an uh, audience that's um, that's challenging in terms of engaging them in their own history. So I teach American history as well as African American history, right? In their mm-hmm. own history, you know, it's the culture of I'm on my phone. You know, I don't really don't want to bother with this stuff. So I'm saying all that to say, you know. The remedy has to begin be outside of the school. The school is a problem, right? Walking into the school building, all the things you mentioned, that is a part of the issue. But what's being what's being put into our kids' mind to dilute the value of being? Because at some point in time our, in our history, we valued education. Education was the way out. Yeah. We still do. Okay. So it, okay. The, there's a there's a Pew Research um, survey. The Pew Institute does it every year, and they survey parents from across the um, the nation. And every year, Black parents are the highest in saying that they want their children to go to college. We still believe college is a, a roadmap to success. We still think that education is the key to success. And so there's all kinds of reasons that when they get to your class, they haven't adopted what their parents have said that they want for them. And I don't think that it's the parents' fault because again, this the survey says every time. And you've seen kids in neighborhoods being knuckleheads and other people in that neighborhood be like, boy, go to class or mm. you know, you're not knock it off, get your books right. Like we we do still value education. But what does education do for us? Let me just say, yeah, black women, and you know, being a teacher right now is, is difficult. It's really, really hard. Um, and it's, you're underpaid and we keep going, black folks go into the helping profession, nursing, yeah. right? Education, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Social services. We go into the helping professions to uplift our communities, blah, blah, blah. They don't pay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. here we then are black women, for example, the most educated subgroup in the United States. We're the most educated subgroup. The black women are the mm-hmm. most educated. We're also the ones with the highest debt to income ratio. Mm-hmm. We're also the ones with the worst credit. We're also the ones um, who are last uh, promoted, first fired. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm. We're all the, the pay gap between us and white women is still about 13 cents, right? So we, what does it pay off? If, if our children are watching yeah. us saying, okay, this is what you get, right? You get bankruptcies, you get uh, whatever car that they don't want to drive, right? You, you go into the laundromat, whatever it is that they don't want, you got that in a, in a, in a degree, which is actually super plausible. What mm-hmm. is the payoff for education? And then once you get to these spaces, again, you know, I'm not sure that there's a difference between African-American history and American history. I think they're both the same. Black history, at, at, to your point, if you're talking yeah. about um, George Washington, we were there. If you're yeah. talking about Thomas Jefferson, we were there. Like Black people yeah. have been written out of the narrative, but That's we true. were there from the time that there was a there to be, right? And That's so, right. like, literally, we started this whole situation in in the motherland. There wouldn't be none of y'all without us, yeah. right? And so, That's to write us out is really incredible. And then to add mm. us back in with a, a, a an African-American History Month, uh, you know, February, which is <laughs> a, an insult, right? That is the, the, the shortest month and the coldest month. And you, they know we like to barbecue and be outside. <laughs> It's rude, it's rude, it's rude, it's rude, it's rude. But that you even have an African, like a Black History Month is crazy. Every yeah. month, every month, you you, you, don't, right. you don't need to add us in. The same for women's history. How are you adding a woman in? Y'all wouldn't be here, yeah. none of y'all none would be of us. here without a woman. Mm-hmm. How are you adding us in? That's crazy. Yeah. So even that we're having, we haven't centered Blackness in black spaces that we're not talking about white folks as the other um we're not talking about other minoritized folks as the other and we're talking about us as the center is amazing to me and as a as a kid these these last generations are way different way more intolerant they don't Mm -hmm. necessarily just you know do what they're supposed to do just for the sake of doing it they have zero fear right and so all the things that would make us capitulate and act like we got good sense in school what's that gonna be for them you're not gonna whoop them and you can try to take away their phone and be miserable because they don't have their phone right (laughs) because they're gonna make your life hell yeah it's a different time and we we have not a we've not adapted we continue to want the same things for our children that we had and the time is different and and their awareness is different think about it these kids had a black president right yeah. they had mm-hmm. the whole george floyd situation the uh brianna taylor samir i think that we didn't have at that time that we were growing up they have a different expectation of these schooling spaces and we haven't shifted yeah 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 i agree with that again a last little slight pushback i really agree with everything that you're saying i wouldn't i wouldn't tie the value of education in with going to college. Mm. I wouldn't tie that. I, I say, because I think before I got to the, the level of earning the college degree, I learned to value learning something. Yeah. Right. So it was just the value of learning. And even now I'm not, I'm not working towards another degree, but when I'm sitting in a class and somebody's teaching something, I value the learning that I'm getting. How did you get to that? How did I think you get that's, to that? Oh, I think for me, it, yeah. it took it took a while. 
it took a while. So, you know, when I think about my students, I see a lot of myself. When I was in high school, I was, you know, grades came easy for me, but I would be telling a, a fictitious story if I said that a I was a... A big lie, a big lie, a, you know, tale. a big lie. A tale. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fictitious, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lie on top of a lie. Okay. That uh, if I was to tell you that I was a great student, you know, a great student to me is somebody that's uh, desirous of the learning. It's a craving for that learning, right? And so, as you know, as a teacher, if I got if I got a handful of students that's desirous of learning, then I can actually educate them. Like you said, that teaching and learning goes hand in hand. And uh, our our what I experience is our kids. There's a small percentage of them that come with that that craving. And I go back to the schooling system doesn't really want you to do that. Like, if you think about it, I was a great student, too, in that I got good grades. I knew how to play the game. I knew how to butter up the teacher. I I shouldn't have passed geometry in 10th grade. Should not. I majored in English on purpose. I could barely add. I should not to pass. I got a B in geometry because a C would have gotten me killed in my house. A C was the Mm. kilt. Um, and so I stayed <laughs> after class and that's when chalk was and I'm old. So I cleaned the chalkboard. I, um, I swept the floors, and I begged her to give me a B. I begged mm-hmm. her and I was a good kid. I was on, you know, in the leadership clubs and the peer listener yeah. and student government, homecoming court, blah, blah, blah. So she, she gave me a, a B because I knew how to play the game, mm-hmm. right? These kids aren't playing the game. Mm-hmm. They don't care. And they're still in a system where it's highly competitive. Your test scores, you grade on a, a curve, you have, you know, your, your, um, you are even still, we still even give like perfect attendance awards, which is insane, but we still do that. Like it's an antiquated mm-hmm. system. And so I don't even think that the system is about learning. It's about acquisition mm-hmm. of uh, accolades and degrees, right? It's not, we don't mm-hmm. foster learning. We don't do that. Yeah. We're not trying to excite folks. It's not what we do. Yeah. So maybe they get into your class and you're one outlier, but they didn't add all day a boom. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I, you know, <laughs> I, I think we should shift gears. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> could, okay, okay. We could talk about it forever. Uh, I do want to get a little bit more into your story. So you you've done this conference. Um, What's what's next for you? What's a paramount for you? What's up front for you right now in this moment? So I'm thinking, you know, it's uh, this is an interesting question too because several times throughout my career, um, I've been told to tone it down, right? Like, like you're not going to get invited um, if you talk about uh, racism, or you're not going to get invited when you talk about white supremacy. They're not going to have you back. And so, and they were right, right? <laughs> when I got that advice, yeah. it was a, a hit and quit. They didn't have me back, right? Um, mm. But I, what I want to do most is stay true to who I am and what I am, right? So from the time I, I was in kindergarten, I've been a, a race warrior. I fight for equity and justice since, since the first day of kindergarten, Um that I think that's an assignment. It's not even something that I chose. It was, it chose me. 
And so mm. I, I, I want to remain true to that, even though it's not most popular. Like this conference, not very popular. People ask you over and over, <laughs> like, why, why? And, and they say it so crazily to me. It's it's crazy. Well, why, why are you just talking about black kids? Like, why wouldn't you? So we don't, and, and I don't want to say that, um, I don't want to compare black children to a disease, right? But just for the analogy, hear me out. We have scientists who study cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Even particular kinds of cancer, right? Uh, the colon, yeah. right? As opposed to the breast, right? All kinds of cancers. Um, and some are very, very narrow in their cancer study. We don't say, well, what about heart disease? Like, how come you're not studying heart disease? you know what about tendinitis that's a big deal too right like we're not saying that we're saying Mm -hmm. there's an emergency with black children that they're not um experiencing the success that they should and that we have to think about what is wrong with the systems that they're they're um they're encountering that would see them being less than their their best selves and people are saying why would you do that when the house is on fire why wouldn't you get some water it doesn't make any sense to me but it's yeah. because anti-blackness is so strong, mm-hmm. so pervasive, so potent that if you center black folks, white folks automatically think that you're racist against them yeah. because they're so not used to not being the center, right? Yeah. They're so not used to um, having to actually include other folks. But certainly if you not just include other folks but then focus on other folks you must be there's something wrong here particularly black children which are pretty much disposable in our our society so my next step is to ride it out i mean sure will i not get some gigs i don't know i mean i'm sure i'm not getting gigs now because they're like yeah she's too black she's too strong she she always (laughs) talking about you know all this black be black 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 stuff and you know, we we don't feel comfortable. Okay, I, I, if if you have me one time, I'm going to tell the truth, and um, yeah. and even if I'm shaking and trembling, Audrey Lord said, even if you're afraid, you have to speak. You can't remain silent, right? Um, and uh, Zora Neale Hurston said they'll take your silence as agreement, right? And yeah. they'll think that you you wanted to 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 die, right? So no, I'm going to just continue to speak out. Um, on behalf of the most marginalized folks um, and the most excellent at the same time. That's the complexity of, of Blackness, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I'm going to continue to do that work. I, I want to expand this conference from not just a virtual to uh, um, a face-to-face component and have students who are in middle school and high school uh, present at these conferences and talk to us about what they want in their schools. I want to have parents come and community activists come to present at this conference. Um, and then I also want to continue the, the online component as well. So I, I want to expand uh, Centering Black Children in Education. I, I think it's important. I, I want to start a journal uh, that would center Black children um, in all facets of um, education. And so I, I, I want to grow that. I want to continue to grow leaders who are thinking about justice and who are thinking about radical ways to transform schools um, to be spaces that uh, love Black children. Mm-hmm. And we all say we love our kids, but 
if you think about the love in terms of outcomes, yeah, maybe try hate, right? Maybe hate will be better for us because this love is uh, raggedy, right? So yeah. um, a real love that um, that actually transforms lives, I think is really important. And so uh, I want to I wanna continue to do that leadership work with people who are in schools. And my next step is... Um, and I've done this work in, in California and I tried to do it in my hometown of Muskegon Heights and I, I, I have failed um, since I've been <laughs> in Michigan. So I got to figure that out is to organize parents, to organize black parents. Because I do think that the revolution is, it resides in black parents. If you think about it, we started this conversation with the civil rights movement. Who was yeah. that? Yep. So black if we're the black kids. Well, the black students started it off, but the black parents had to co-sign now because yeah. we weren't gonna just let our babies be out there. No doubt, right? No doubt. And, and no, so, no doubt about it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been if black folks, black parents, didn't say this is what it's gonna be. So, I really, the last group of people who are my first group of people I need to get to are um, black parents, and so I, I'm, I'm plotting. I'm thinking about how to do that. Thinking of a master plan. Yeah, a, a wonderful, uh, important um, work that you're doing. I have a thousand more questions, but we will talk entirely forever. And you really don't have the time for that. <laughs> Neither do I, but you certainly don't have the time for that. So I'm, we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap up. We may have to do a part two for the very first time uh, for an interview to kind of get down to some other stuff, but uh, we so appreciate you. I want to give you an opportunity to drop any social media uh, that you want to drop for people to reach out, uh, get plugged in and participate in any way to support what you're doing. Oh, that's awesome. So I do need to shout out my research group. I have a, a group of folks that came from Detroit to Eastern Michigan University to um, enroll in the doctoral program and the master's program. And so I have a group of students who are Black and fantastic and who are uh, changing the landscape of Detroit, but also um, really thinking about um, Black children and Black families in schools. They're the Vanguard Research Collective, so I want to shout them out. There's uh, a link at my website for them. My social media is at Dr. Rima, D-R-R-E-M-A, on on the Twitters and on Instagram. I'm not good at Instagram, so just I'm not good at Twitter. So you know what? Uh, I respond, but I'm not that that active. The uh, conference is CBCE uh, conference. That's the Twitter, and then Rima Ella is my Facebook. I don't usually always take everybody in that space, but I certainly will. I'm also a trustee for Michigan State University, and so there's a, a trustee. Um, page at facebook as well um and a, a mm-hmm. trustee it's trust dr rima uh, d-r-r-e-m-a um at uh msu uh, for msu at, that's on the twitter as well so i'm all over but nowhere at the same time because i i really i need to find a handler <laughs> i need somebody to, to handle that because I, i'm not good at it I, I got i'm doing all the work and not publicizing it so yeah we hey I, we certainly uh understand that at dripping the black we are in the same boat uh sean will attest to that but um you know you are doing a damn thing don't let nobody tell you anything otherwise and if they do send them my way uh, oh you got rest, it for me yeah the, the rest will not be televised all right right <laughs> Exactly. All right. So let's get to the most important question. 
that we asked all of our guests to close out. All right. Uh, I gave you all the softball questions and you knocked them out the park as you were supposed to. But here's the tough one. You ready? I think so. <laughs> Have you yeah. ever been on the cover of a magazine? No. No, I have not been on the cover. I need that to happen, though. I'm glad you put that. I'm going to put that as one of my aspirations. No, I have not. But, you know, I've been on the front page of the Sturgis um, paper because I mm -hmm. went to Detroit to the Michael Jackson Victory Tour. And that town is that small mm -hmm. that that made the front page. Okay. <laughs> that is well, small. you ask and you shall receive. Here at the Dripping in Black podcast, for our guests, we placed them on the Dripping in Black magazine cover. So my uh, executive producer is going to give you a preview <laughs> of your Dripping in Black magazine cover. Thank All right. You. That is a thank you for coming out. And it's a parting gift that we will ship out to you at a later date, just as a thank you for coming in and joining us and you see over my shoulders my first two seasons we have several guests that uh made it to the wall where's your girl there's Kalina right there you might not be able to see it. that's her that picture when she's in front of that Black Lives Matter wall oh I love that yeah oh, yeah that's the wall I of fame I made it I made it <laughs> yep so you we will be your first magazine cover probably not your last but we are our first in the you can't replace the first, so we appreciate no, it. No, I appreciate you. I have not. So this, you just made my dream come true and, and gave me the dream and then made it came, come true. <laughs> this, is, this is the bomb. This is what Black people do, though, right? They're going to give yeah. you the dream and help you fulfill it, child. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. So we, we want to say thank you to Dr. Rima Vase Faster and uh, remind folks that the DIBK Drip Shop is open. In the drip shop, you can find dripping in black paraphernalia and merchandise. So feel free to go to dibkdripshop.com for that. But thanks again to Dr. Rima Vassar. I don't know why I'm messing your name up. At Just the say end. Dr. Rima. Just drop off the back. Just drop it. Okay, Dr. Rima Dr. for joining Rima. us. And we will do uh, much more together. I'm looking forward to talking to you offline and seeing how we connect what you do with some of the schools that. Uh, and I'm in touch with. I would All right. Like that. But thanks again for coming out. Well, thank you. Up next on Dripping in Black Podcast is award winning podcaster and entrepreneur Dominic Lawson. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, you know, somebody can be, you know, scholarly, but like, don't let these degrees fool you. You can go get your hood real quick. You know what I mean? But, 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 I, but I think that is the, the beauty of, you know, us as a people uh, is that, you know, we are not a monolith. We, we are not. And, and so yeah. when you go into yeah. spaces that, uh, you know, that are, are people who don't look like us, uh, sometimes you have to remind them of that. You know, yeah. uh, you know, not not necessarily in a when keeping it real goes wrong type of way, but sometimes mm -hmm. you have to tactfully remind people that like, look, this is this is you know, I, I checked multiple boxes, and because all of my you know, as my friend Anna Deshawn would say, uh, all my identities matter. They all matter. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. whether it be no, no matter what you box you want to put me in. So yeah, but it was just yeah. interesting when you said that.
have just experienced a Dripping in Black production. <laughs>